Hey, and thanks for signing up. It's the Public Beta Podcast, episode 89 for November 7th, 2021. It is Sunday. It is in the early afternoon. We have traveled through time back one hour. Reed, did you find yourself waking up at a incredulous hour? Uh, no, it was <laughs> standard shit for me, pretty much. It was, uh, yeah, like 7.30, so technically 6.30, but that's pretty standard for me overall. I do that that's shit. That's the uh, b- book of Bubba Fett himself. Reed, our host this week, and uh, myself, <laughs> I'm Lee. What? I don't know. Uh, they're, they're ramping up for this this book of Boba Fett oh, show. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't give a fuck. I, yeah, like, I, so, like, Mandalorian's fine, and if a new Mandalorian season was out, I, I assume I would watch it? I don't know, like... Yeah, no, yeah, and I'm, like, it's, it's not, like, a, it's, it doesn't come from a place of hatred or disdain or anything for me, it's just, like, I'm just, like, no, I just, I'm not gonna watch it, and it'll be fine. Uh, it's All just, the fans of, uh, it's of, like, of Bo- Boba Fett will be, yeah, I mean, come on, overserved. Yeah, um... It's the same thing, like, with that Marvel What If show. Like, I just, like, stopped watching it at some point. I'm like, no, I don't need any more of that. It's fine. Reveling more in the MCU or, or alternate stories of the MCU. Like, the Eternals movie is out, and it's, like, critically kind of mixed. Because, honestly, if it didn't connect to the MCU, that is definitely an example of a movie that... It's it's getting people showing up, not because the trailers looked sick, uh, but because it's in that in that lineage of movies, surely... Objectively, I think we can say this. Reed, you've watched most every MCU movie. Why have you not seen Eternals? Oh, it just looks boring as fuck. Like, uh, like the MC, MCU movies I like usually have a very charismatic lead character with tight action and uh, uh, a simpler story for the most part. Like, I like uh, Winter Soldier a lot, for example. Um, so, like, Eternals just looks like a bunch of fucking boring shit. There's, like, 20 characters, and, like... The, uh, the Inhumans, I thought that should have been the movie, and then the, the Eternals could have been your TV show, because there's an Inhumans TV show, yeah, right? Apparently the, appar- yeah, and apparently that's, like, one of the worst TV shows ever fucking made. Cool, like, yeah, awesome. Why are we even, t- why are we talking, Morbius? What, what more yeah. is there to talk about? Morbius, uh, my I, god. Video my games, god. Lee. You, uh, you had... Some cereal. What kind of cereal did you have? Uh, it was the limited edition Honey Lucky Charms. Uh, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. yeah, that's what yeah, I have. Good call. Good yeah. call. Yeah, that one's good. That one's good. Uh, I had. Uh, I, I treated myself. Reed. I made the big breakfast. I made bacon pan bacon pancakes. That's right. You heard it. Oh, uh, well, fried I, eggs. Like, yeah. it, it, well, if we yeah. want to be technical about this shit, because it's like one o'clock in the afternoon, I did also make myself actual breakfast this morning: eggs, uh, bacon, and sausage. So, oh yeah, yeah, bacon and sausage. Man, we're living large. We're playing Resident Evil Five. Before we get to that, I would like to uh, wish you a happy N Seven Day, Reed. The first N Seven since you played through Mass Effect. Oh my God! Uh, yes. Is yes. There any, is there anything happening? Like, how do I participate? No. no. Uh, everybody just kind of marks the occasion with uh, general memory and uh, hey, Ma- Mass Effect, and then other people are like, yeah, uh, you might you might play a Mass Effect game on N Seven Day. I don't know. I don't know what you would. I don't know how it's celebrated. Uh, man, know, you know, people like good for that though. Fucking, I I just I have very fond memories already of playing the Mass Effect games. Um, it would have been so perfect if I had the Mass Effect compilation episode ready to go for N7 Day. It would have been so poetry. perfect. It would have been but, like uh, Yeah, it rhymes. But that's too bad, because uh, it's not done. 
But I promise it will be out this week, uh, by the middle of the week or so. We have Remembrance Day coming up on Thursday, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say by Wednesday you'll be uh, putting putting it in your ears. Read the first part of the Mass Effect trilogy conversation that we had uh, prior to our Resident Evil retrospective conversation uh, was on Public Beta Podcast episode 66 from May 28th of this year. That makes it sound like ancient history. That's over. That's six months ago. Yeah, I know. But we had we had so many breaks there where we weren't talking about Mass Effect in general because we were talking about other things, and then we you, see you think that, but I I've got the stats, I've got the I've got the hard evidence, and uh, we did four parts of Mass Effect, uh, episode sixty nine, uh, we it was our fourth part. Then we skipped two weeks in between. That's why it seems like we took a big break, but it was two consecutive weeks we didn't talk about Mass Effect, and then five parts, uh, culminating on August seventh. In the middle of the summer. So there's nine parts altogether. I'm always curious, these ones that don't seem like they're very long, but then when you put them together, we, we end up one-upping ourselves in terms of just a monotonous podcast to listen to for four or five hours, if that's your thing, um, Tim Rogers style. But uh, anyways, that's uh, that's the deal there. That'll be coming up on Wednesday. Before we go any further, I would like to uh, read, plug your Twitch and YouTube. Do oh. it, right here, near the top. Um, so, yeah, I... So my Twitch is twitch.tv slash R-E-I-R-E-I-A-U-R-O-N, so Ray Ray Oren. Uh, that's where I'm playing a lot of Resident Evil shit right now. YouTube is Bonestorm Doors. Um, pretty simple. Upload all my Twitch streams. Just playing through all the Resident Evils right now. Uh, have all that shit up right now. And yeah, check that shit out. That's pretty much all I got going on. Uploading, I am uploading our Resident Evil 5 playthrough that we are yes, using. Yes. They were using just as, bumble through that shit. Yeah, the <laughs> nucleus of our fucking pseudo Resident Evil talk. Um, but yeah, that's that's. Speaking of which, sick. here we are, Resident Evil retrospective with a question mark, part four. Uh, Reed, we are just before recording this podcast, fresh off of freeing Jill from her mind control control heart gem. Uh, yeah, that, that got that resolved. Was a, that got resolved in a nice, neat little bow, eh? Yeah, I listen. I got a may, might have a problem with the inconsistency of weak points in the Resident Evil universe. Where when we're playing, we listen. We're we're talking to one another. We're we're zoning out. We're not necessarily paying attention to conserving our ammo by only focusing on the weak points of tougher enemies because lesser enemies don't have that. They have contextual spots where you shoot them, like the head and the arms and the legs, to to drop them down. But when it comes to the boss enemies, you got to focus on those weaknesses. And anytime. Uh, there's like a puzzle solvey kind of boss, like the leech thing and whatnot. We end up expending all of our ammo and getting frustrated at it, and uh, that happens multiple times today when we were we were playing. But we once once we knew what to do with that Jill fight. Then the thing is, I've beaten this game before. I should remember this maybe a little clearer what we're supposed to do. All I remembered was one of us restrains her, the other person pulls her heart out, uh, Temple of Doom style. And uh, well, we got there. Uh, we freed Jill. And she told us that no one is going to be able to bring down Wesker but Chris Redfield. So yeah, uh, and Sheva, of yeah, course. it's just, it's just funny that like like this the big centerpiece of like Chris's character this thing is that like Jill's fucking dead and he's bummed out and then it's just like aha this henchman has been Jill the whole time and now he fixed her and she's fine. Okay, that's it. It's resolved. You're like oh, well well good, cool. Uh, I mean that was the the impetus of. Like, would have Chris not taken this mission if he didn't think Jill could have... No, I'm was... just saying that it felt like it, like it was a bit too easy just to save Jill just like that. We're like, okay, no, she's good now. It's all yeah, done. 
Yeah, like well, you got you had to know what to do. Yeah. You had to know to restrain her and then shoot her in the uh, in the in the heart. Uh, yes. So you uh, just went and, and played through Resident Evil Two remake again. You're you're getting your way through four. You beat Salazar. You're you're taking in all this content at once. I know at the end of the week you were saying you were going to watch the animated movies. I've, I've seen one of the animated movies so far. Lee. I've seen the first one, which was Resident Evil Degeneration. Um, I think that's the that's the airport one, right? Yeah, it was a really nice follow up actually. Since I did just uh, beat Resident Evil Two for the third time recently, um, because it pretty much the like, main characters are Leon and Claire, and it's pretty much like, hey, what are the what did these two characters get up to? Pretty much after Resident Evil like two, uh, Four and Code Veronica, respectively. Those if were, you're like, able fall. to stay awake for it, yeah. you might be entertained. Yeah, you know, by, you know yeah. what? You know what? It wasn't that fucking bad, right? Like. Like, like it, it does a lot of things that I find interesting about the Resident Evil universe. Um, I like how the Resident Evil universe, it's not that these bioweapons, like, create an apocalyptic event because that would be very cliche. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's like introducing a new form. Of, it is introducing a new form of weapon to the market of, of, uh, of warfare and stuff like that. It's like so, Metal Gear. Yeah, kind of, yes, in a sense. It's like a different kind of Metal Gear, except it's like zombies and shit. So, but the thing is, um, all the games aren't about, like, the applications of this in practical warfare or terrorism. It's always like, like, oh, like, a guy goes to Louisiana and he's, like, in a, like with a bunch of rednecks. Or he goes to a village in Eastern Europe that hasn't aged since, like, the 40s and stuff like that. Like, the stories are, or, like, even Resident Evil 5, like, you're going through very, um, like, old, decrepit areas. Resident Evil 4, you're in castles and stuff like that. So, while they, they definitely introduce the concept of these new weapons being introduced to a modern setting, they don't explore that. But they do in the movies... Like, this movie is just about a terrorist who's going after a pharmaceutical company and bombs an airport. And you're like, that sounds like a fucking, like a Spike Lee movie or something. You're like, but it's all zombies or some shit. Um, Yeah, like Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I like how it's, like, like, what, like, if this was in real life, like, a terrorist would actually use this and, like, attack, like, an airport with zombies. And it's like, yeah, that fucking makes sense. Like, so that shit I really liked. It was really cool. Um, it was really nostalgic listening to it too because it is like an older anime so all the English dubs are is, is just a bunch of people I've grown up with as a kid listening to anime all the time um, and yeah you know like the movie itself like it's very cliche fucking has all the Resident Evil uh, staples guy injects himself with thing and turns into a fucking goo monster uh, there's a self-destruct <laughs> at, at the place for no discernible reason uh, there's always, like, a secret third party that somebody's selling combat data to, but, like, you never learn who that third party is because it never fucking matters. Um, and shit like that. It's there if they have to pay, pay it off someday. Yeah, like, that. yeah, that's exactly it. Like, there's always, like, a third party, but it never does get paid off in a meaningful way. Like, the thing with Wesker, the, the big thing in Resident Evil 1 is that he was pulling, like, an ocelot, like... Uh, he was secretly going to, like, betray Umbrella and sell data to a third party. And in this third party, he just took over them and merged them with a different company and made Tricell for Resident Evil 5. So you're like, well, that really, like, downplayed the the mysteriousness of, like, the fucking secret and everything. But, yeah. So that's interesting that you're like, you like this because it shows you, in an insular way, how 
what the implications of these bioweapons would be on the flip side, the live-action Resident Evil movies uh, actually delve into what happens if this outbreak leads to a, a, an apocalyptic event. Yeah, but I, like, I'm so over, like, zombie apocalypses, like we've seen it a million times. There's, there's, I, there's nothing I want about that. I want to be, I, like, I like the idea that, like, hey, we're gonna send in, like, a squad of soldiers, except they're all, like, mind-controlled fucking zombies. And you're like, that's fucking, that's pretty neat. Like, you don't see that much. That's what, like, Village does, and I'm excited to see where they go with that kind of concept. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think it's a lot more interesting than just, oh, the world ends and now everybody's off, like, to, to fend for themselves. Um, so, yeah, fucking like that shit. Resident Evil, baby. I'm going to say uh, we'll probably finish five uh, by the time we maybe record next week. I'm going to yeah, say if we... Uh, I would say we yeah. only have like one session, two sessions left, maybe. Just a just a farewell uh, for yeah. Resident Evil, unless you, you get to the end of four, of course, and... Uh, yeah, I think... And what else you, you got? Yeah, I think I'm right before what I've known to be called the Regenerators in Resident Evil 4. Which sure. Which I think aren't supposed to be very fun, but... Uh, Are those the spiky body guys? I, I don't know. It's just people are like. Have you encountered suck. a spiky body guy? You would have to be more specific. Well, if the answer is no, or you have to be more well, specific, I, I fought then a maybe guy that's that the regenerator. Like, I fought a guy that has like swords for arms. I thought no, like, that's not. That's different. That's that's not the same. Well, thing. I'm on like, the final island. Body. I'm. I know I'm fighting Jack Krauser soon. Uh, does that help? Oh, in the in the big uh, 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 fucking quick time event. Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it, let me tell you. Yeah. You, get, watch out. He's good with that knife. Mm-hmm. you got to push the button faster than he does. Uh, we will uh, leave it there for Resident Evil this week in that case. Reed, did you see the movie Free Guy? I did watch Free Guy with my girlfriend. I watched Free Guy yesterday. Yeah, what did you think? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think movies like Free Guy have to walk or crawl so that movies later can run. So the the direct example of this movie would be The Matrix or your Ready Player One, which which is like, what if a metaverse? What if Facebook was also video <laughs> games uh, concurrently? Uh, so you have a NPC character. So the the concepts of video games and stuff like that are are used here mostly like mostly correctly. The plot and stuff like that is like I said. Uh, is is not if you are it's made for people who know these things and have a casual to deep understanding and love of of that yeah. uh, leaning into into streaming culture and leaning into uh, the successes of something like a GTA Online and a Fortnite. What happens if so? So the let's let's boil it down. Spoilers. The, <laughs> this guy loves this girl, and in the coding for an NPC in the game. Uh, he made like this AI, AI subroutine, and then he put in all these very specific likes uh, and things for this girl, so that when that NPC, played by Ryan Reynolds, guy, uh, comes across that girl's player character in the game, something triggers him, uh, <laughs> and he gets he like it, it's this is yeah. I'm I'm speaking, speaking from like the end of game uh, end of movie perspective what what actually ends up happening here and he gets he becomes sentient he basically l- finds that uh, oh the world is not like like it seems the cool concept here is that the NPCs to them this crime and all these explosions and player characters and people with sunglasses uh, they are programmed to see them as superheroes and that's superhero shit and it, it doesn't matter and everybody else is 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 
programmed into doing their daily routines of going to work, getting their what have you. So when he, so I thought the the plot here would be he finds out that he is just a robot essentially in this in this simulation, and that could be what the movie was about, but it's not. There's a real life plot where uh, Taika Watiti has stolen uh, code for this game that has become uber successful. He fired the lady and kept the guy on working for him, which is some like Vince McMahon level shit. And then there's a secret level hidden in the game map uh, that will prove that he stole this code all those years ago. <laughs> Only, you know, if you you know video games, uh, there is a off map world in uh, GTA 3 where the opening cinematic takes place. And you better believe people found that shit flying the goddamn Dodo plane and you can like walk around it and hang out and stuff like that. Uh, that so like it's kind of a love letter to that stuff to those concepts. It never goes. There's a lot of cool, uh, I think, areas uh, within what they've set up to explore, and they try to do all of it in one movie. Uh, and they they short sell a whole lot of it. Yeah, I um, thought like I thought the movie is very safe in a lot of ways. I appreciate the yes. fact that they didn't do the ridiculous thing, and somehow Ryan Reynolds ended up with like the girl in the game. Ryan Reynolds yeah. at the end is just like, no, he didn't, I'm, he I'm didn't a step through the TV and yeah. he's like in the real world. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, no, I'm a fucking video game. Please go back to real life. And she's like, okay, I will. <laughs> Please have sex with Steve from Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, there's like definitely a couple of things. What I didn't like about uh, the main plot was just like a couple of things that bugged me, which was Taika Watiti being like, oh, I'll just fucking close down. What's the, what's the game called again in the in the movie? Free City? Yeah, I'll just fucking shut down Free City and like cancel everybody's shit and then we'll release Free City 2. And everybody's like you can't do that. He's like, "Yes, I can." Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, "No, no, like literally, he would be going to jail if you did that. Like you can't just do that." And then he starts like well, opening his servers and you're like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> it starts uh yeah he's going to launch free city 2 and then he like lies to his player base about like there's cosmetics being forwards compatible or whatever the fuck yeah and then uh it's <laughs> like oh you can't do this and i'm like well it's a comical thing for a video game developer to do if you don't think of the implications of it 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 paints him in the proper light that this movie is trying to cast on him and then on top of that we learn that he's got this like hidden code in this first version of the game so he wants to he's trying to rebuild the game like a, a separate version of it uh, that doesn't include this, and then it ends up being a buggy mess and like not working and shit like that. I don't know. It's it seemed like, in terms of video game movies, uh, this being being directly about video games in a way, I thought this was actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, like, it was, it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It did its job. Some good sight gags. Some some good obvious jokes uh, to be made. Uh, lots of parallels to the Matrix, but m maybe more of a comedic. Like, he does have a meltdown at one point about like things not being real and everybody just being, you know, fucking robots about it. And uh, I thought that was a more interesting movie. That if he just started being like fighting back against the players, like it wasn't so much about him helping out the NPCs in the game as it was about him trying to get one back on them. But then, like, what's the what can he do to you other than kill your character and send you back to your home home point? Right? Like, yeah. What are the, what's the actual stakes here? Uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It, was, it was fine. It's fine. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, the music. Did you do you remember the soundtrack? 
From the Free Guy? Fuck From no. Free Guy. No. It was super weird. It was like they opened up catalog, and it's like, what's 40 years old uh, that's like a pop music song that's going to be super cheap, but people have heard it before? Get me 13 of those songs, and that will be the OST for Free Guy. It was fucking bizarre. Uh, really, really kind of distracting in a way that you would... Like, who's the who's the primary audience for this movie? It's like 13 to 25-year-olds... Uh, and then you're playing you're playing like boomer music through the whole fucking <laughs> fucking thing. Anyway, uh, you could do a lot worse than Free Guy. Uh, I think a lot of video game adaptations uh, take a, take a lot of the wrong cues. Whereas Free Guy asks a question: What if uh, the NPCs in the game that you treat like shit became sentient and aware? And then doesn't satisfactorily uh, explore that concept. Anyway, I played some new games this week. Reed, did you play anything uh, other than Resident Evil? Nope, not really. So, you know what, for this week, for what I played, you know, we're just going to skip it. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, I haven't fucking played anything new. There's nothing cool. really new to say, so... Well, th- then ask me some questions about what I played, if anything uh, stands out to you. Encryption is a game on Steam. It might be available otherwise. Uh, it is an occult trading card game. It's kind of got, like, a horror bent to it. Uh, it is, like, a deck-building kind of game with a lot of quirks, a lot of cool characters, and it has a... Uh, like a cultish storyline that's going on behind it. There's like a mystery to un- unfold about this card game you're playing. And as you play the game, spoilers, each act of the game introduces a completely new card game that starts you like over and teaches you new rules. Uh, so there's like three distinct games to go through here with a story uh, linking all of them. Uh, very interesting uh, storytelling. They also have a bunch of like video files, like little little... Uh, like unboxing, uncarding videos uh, by this actor in this in this game, and they've apparently encrypted those files. So people trying to like just pull those video files and figure out what the mystery is or whatever can't. Uh, so it adds a little mystery to the game. They obviously uh, were going for a thing here, and I think a lot of people are are enjoying it. Another game, Unpacking, is available on uh, Game Pass, Steam, Switch. I don't know if it's on PlayStation. Uh, this is a point and click game where you unpack. Wow. And uh, put your stuff away. Uh, so you go, you basically follow someone through their life uh, from packing up, uh, you know, moving into their first apartment to moving in with their first boyfriend to moving out of their boyf- boyfriend's apartment and back into their childhood home kind of thing. Uh, and each time you have a certain amount of rooms and a certain amount of boxes full of stuff uh, and everything needs to be put away in its place. This is obviously a chill uh, game with some environmental star- uh, storytelling in that these things that you pack up as the years go on, uh, you know, hey, she she's still got this 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 statue, but now it's a little dinged up. Hey, she's still got this, etc. Uh, or as things change, and it's not the game is not telling you outright uh, this is what happened and this is why you're here. It's just presenting you the unpacking in a room and everything you are learning about the story is through the items and through the environment, which is kind of really interesting. On top of it, just being a very chill game about putting stuff away. Which, uh, Reed, I'm sure you can understand, is satisfying for some. Yeah, that's totally the kind of game I delve into on a daily basis. Yeah, if you ever got Game Pass for PC or whatever, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Otherwise, it's on Steam. I think it's like 20 bucks. but if that ever went on sale oh. and you want... Uh, it's not a, not a very long game. Yes, it's it's steep at 20 bucks. Yeah, that's uh, pretty Because it's, it's maybe three hours for being generous. Uh, there's a few extra objectives to hit, but otherwise it's kind of a once-through uh, but the the game, the gameplay, uh, you can keep replaying and uh, unpacking and putting stuff away slightly differently. I don't know if they have plans to expand the game or DLC or anything like that. Um, the the user interface, like the UI and how everything snaps and stuff like that, is also very satisfying. 
Uh, so it's they could really expand on this this concept into a sim of some kind of a, a decorating sim, what have you. Speaking of decorating sims, Jesus Christ, this Animal Crossing update uh, oh dropped. Oh, yeah. read. Uh, is Animal Crossing getting I some play around I, your place? Yeah, I can't escape it because uh, my girlfriend's playing the shit out of it and she's in love with that. Uh, everybody at work is playing the shit out of it and is in love with it. I can't fucking escape Animal Crossing. You can't. Uh, they basically added a sequel's worth of content to this game on top of adding a DLC, which is in of itself somewhat of a sequel and a standalone uh, I, I'm not going to list everything they added here. Tons of quality of life stuff. Tons of new characters, villagers. They released a new amiibo set. Uh, you can go to new islands. There's new items to make. There's like something like 9,000 items added to the game. Uh, you can cook. You can grow crops. Uh, you can expand Harv's Island to have like a Animal Crossing City Folk-esque area where all the uh, weekly denizens that come and go from your town are there permanently so you can see them every day. Uh, Br- Brewster's back. He's opening a cafe in the museum. Gyroids are back. Uh, the Happy Home Paradise thing is is really cool and a lot of fun. Uh, if if you skipped it on 3DS, it is a very satisfying uh, experience as well. Basically, having unlimited resources uh, and furniture kind of curated for you for you to design the best room you can uh, for what the animal is asking you for. Again, Reed, I know this might not be, be your bag, but it is it is very. Uh, they did good on this. They uh, they they deserve the the accolades of just shutting up for like how many months that was. People worrying that Animal Crossing was more or less done, uh, and then having them just come out and be like, hey, "Okay, we're not updating it beyond this, but here's a DLC, and here's all the shit you've been asking for." Pretty much every single thing. It, that's so rare in video games. Uh, could you imagine if if Game Freak did the same with like Pokemon Sword and Shield? Like they they shut up for twelve months, and then out of nowhere, they're just like, "Okay, everybody's here. All the Pokemon are going in full Pokédex." Uh, we've we've expanded the game to to another area with with some standard gyms or whatever like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, they we they could do it. The, we added in the option to turn off the experience share. <laughs> yeah, you can just start the game and be at the end. You don't have to uh, you don't have to do anything. You just have all the HMs. No, see, that's what a lot of people are uh, miffed about with the new one game coming out because you can't turn off the experience share. <clears throat> oh really? Mm-hmm. I, I I thought I was mentioning that. I was like, oh, the XP share is here and you can't turn it off. Of all quality of life things, leveling up quicker is not necessarily one you want if you want the game to be... It's it's neither here nor there because the game's not going to be challenging anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to go back to uh, that difficulty they had during the DS and before. Like, so. I, was, I was playing Gen 2 on, on Game Boy Color, essentially, on the eShop... And uh, when you catch a Pokemon, you don't get EXP, obviously, back then. Uh, boomers, you, you hear what I'm saying? And uh, it, it, it's something that I, I didn't even realize. I'm like, oh man, you really do sink a lot of time into catching Pokemon here and don't really get a lot in terms of EXP. You could wipe your whole team trying to catch a difficult Pokemon that just won't stay fucking down uh, in the ball and then have to go back to the Pokemon Center. And before you have Fly, that can be a lengthy thing. So you might just skip catching the Pokemon altogether. I understand the quality of life in those regards, uh, of just, okay, well, we'll give you EXP on top of it, so now that's less time you have to spend grinding. But less time grinding means less time spent with your Pokemon, and l- I'm not talking from me and your point of view, because me and you already know the team we're carrying in the game is not the team we're using at the end of the game, or competitively, or any of that shit. But for the casual fan approaching Pokemon uh, in the way it was back in the day, and the way it is now... I have no problem with quality of life things that save time, but things that uh, take away the RPG experience of building your team, learning how your team works, 
is is why I don't like the EXP. No, share, yeah, so. I, I agree in a way, and in a sense, I I'm kind of different from you when it comes to just playing the main story, which I admittedly don't do a lot of nowadays because I do play so much competitive. Um, I will just stick with the main party. Like I will not change it up from the six that I choose for just to beat the main story. Um, so I won't actually sub them out. So in that case, I do have issue with the fact that you can't turn off the experience share because the game does get too easy at that point. You're right. Um, yeah, kind of fucking lame. Maybe, yeah. maybe well, it's like maybe they'll add Animal Crossing into uh, Pokemon, and then you can. S- oh, thank thank God! You can throw uh, Isabella. Finally. Finally, yeah, Isabella. Yeah. Uh, Isabel, yeah. Uh, so they, uh, uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Are you that, familiar? That's, that's a video game that came out. It is. I got it. Uh, you can buy video games from Shoppers Drug Mart with Optimum Points. Remember that. You can oh, do it on the website, too. Shit. Did you uh, play so it? So I got a disc version of this game on Xbox, and I haven't played it yet. Uh, because I went to throw it in the console the other day to install. I left my Xbox on all day, figuring, hey, that'll do it. Go to play it yesterday morning. I needed to hit A to install it. Oh, well, of course. So I had my Xbox on all day, and the thing didn't install or pull the update. It just sat, it just sat in the Xbox, and the Xbox is like, uh, beats me, Chief. What do you want to do with this? Uh, so I, while that was <laughs> updating, I've just been playing Animal Crossing non-fucking-stop. Uh, so I intend to, this afternoon, uh, try that game out. And speaking of difficulty, that game has like a customizable difficulty that's as granular and, and casual-facing as like augmenting the multiplier of your damage and your health and the enemy health and damage and stuff like that. I don't like that. I like a game that doesn't give me a difficulty option. It, it, like Obviously, the extreme example of that would be Bloodborne or a Souls game. Where that means, okay, but that means you play by our rules and it's going to be generally leaning kind of difficult. Uh, but when it comes to an RPG like that, uh, that's my same problem with uh, the Final Fantasy games. Remember when I was complaining about the toggle and just like, at any time I can push this button and cheat. Uh, that's the same thing with difficulty settings like that. Where it's like, at any time, if I was having trouble on a boss, I could just turn his damage multiplier yeah, no, down. No, I, for... I, I still disagree because like, the experience share is different because you can't turn it off. Like, if you don't want to use it, just don't fucking use it. It's the same as having difficulty options, like easy, medium, hard, and being able to change those difficulty at any point during gameplay. Like like Skyrim, like Persona, like every modern video game. There's no difference in my mind. I think I like a consistent difficulty ramp. Uh, so, like, when I if I play Skyrim or if I play Fallout and I'm making a character build, it will be based on the difficulty level I've chosen. If I'm just looking to screw around... Like, easy mode is fine. Uh, if it's going to be a serious playthrough, a serious build, we'll play on survival, we'll play on a harder difficulty, but I won't change it. I can't change it. Otherwise, that skews everything that you've done to that point, in my in my opinion. Uh, even for, like, what, adjusting difficulty for one boss. Uh, people should do it. There should be options to do that, absolutely. And I agree with that uh, in terms of accessibility. I'm just saying, for me, myself, uh, it, I'm going to stick with the same difficulty I start the game with regardless of what happens and it, either i get good or i stop playing i guess is what i'm trying to say either um, i get good or i get gone that's maybe my number one request of a pokemon game at this point is have a difficulty setting oh have, yeah that'd be a fucking godsend man oh. get that trainer ai up get them using like combo moves like you would in competitive and have like certain trainers be added to the hard mode like ace trainers where the other trainers are still there and they're still dumb as rocks and you can still just wipe them uh, but then there's the occasional ace trainer that plays like a competitive and has a base strategy going, whether it's getting rain dance up and thundering your ass, whatever it is, 
uh, and then also let them use items and have like a very difficult fight would be yeah no I would even if just the gym battles were that you know what I mean yeah I like I think that's asking a lot out of them if to implement like such dramatic changes I think I think a nice a nice step up that's realistic coming from a Pokemon game because they don't change a lot per per game is uh like. I don't. I wouldn't say necessarily adding extra trainers, but giving them better intelligence as far as uh, obviously detecting type of weaknesses and stuff like that. Having access to items, like you said, uh, it'd be nice for them to have like an extra Pokemon or two. But in exchange, um, maybe take away a Pokemon or two from other trainers, so the experience kind of balances out between the two experience uh, between the two different modes. Because you want that. That's to another kind of thing too in, in gym battles and stuff is just like if if the gym leader has two Pokemon, I should be bringing in two Pokemon, uh, like oh, I, or max would, them out. That'd be a very interesting but simple gimmick. Is that oh in this region, if you can only have the same amount of Pokemon that the gym leader has, so if he has one, you can only have one. If he has three, you can only bring in three and stuff like that. And they could make it even more interesting in being like, no, he has five Pokemon. You have to have five. Like, it was like say you only have three at the time, which forces you to go out and catch Pokemon. I think that would also be a nice, simple change in that sense. Yeah. Um, but you can absolutely influence the difficulty just as far as items go to far as um, you can increase just slightly the levels of wild Pokemon and stuff like that. Um, but that's never going to happen. Like, what are we, what are we? Yeah, we keep coming back to this. We keep, you keep being like, I like Pokemon hard. Why, why isn't the Pokemon hard? Yeah, let's just Uh, go play XD Gale of Darkness. Yeah, the hardest of Pokemon. It it, it Uh, honestly kind of is. I played, uh, Cool Spot on the Sega Genesis. Oh, God, thank you. I I tried to beat it. That game is tough. Are you familiar with 7-Up, the beverage? Yes, I've, I've drank one before. The Uncola, as it were. Uh, cool Spot was the mascot for 7-Up, and I guess still is. I don't know if they've ever officially retired him. He is the red dot with uh, sunglasses and an attitude. Okay, sure. You know what I'm talking about? He's got, like, gloves and shit. He goes, woo! <laughs> no, kind of, not really. Uh, so he is the star of multiple video games. Uh, two on Genesis that I own are uh, Cool Spot, which is a, a, a platforming game, and then... Uh, Spot Goes to Hollywood, which is like an isometric puzzle platformer. Uh, both great music, uh, really solid games by, I believe, Virgin Interactive makes both of them. And uh, fucking difficult, man. Jesus Christ. You are basically being assaulted by, like, animals. Uh, so Cool Spot's trying to make his way through. He's he's small. He's uh, maybe canonically the size of a toonie or so. So he's just platforming through, like, you know, a toy chest and uh uh, a dock with boats and stuff like that. Bees are attacking him. Crabs are trying to fuck his shit up. Uh, there's one level where you're like in the walls and there's like mice wearing pajamas throwing cheese at you, which is a bit confusing because all the other animals are depicted as being like photorealistic. Like that looks like a real bee, uh, but the mice are just wearing pajamas. That's just uh, it's it's great. It's a great game. I tried to legitimately like as an adult approach this game and play it like. It skill checks you immediately uh, in that when you play a platformer nowadays, it's more hoping that you get the general feel and vibe of what you're supposed to be doing. And by that, I mean landing jumps. Uh, You consider how much control, how much finesse you have over 
where your character lands and how they move around the world with an analog stick or with a modern game versus Sega Genesis where no it's it's got to be pixel perfect like you need to you need to jump at the exact right time and you need to land at the exact right time and also that's a disappearing platform so before you can even think if you've made the jump properly you need to fucking jump again or you're dead motherfucker uh, it's that kind of game, and uh, it's exhilarating, and makes you rock the D-pad back and forth, makes your hands hurt. Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, read old video games, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've definitely played a lot of them, probably. <laughs> Not anyone uh, starring a soda mascot, though, so no, we gotta change I, that. I did play, do uh, you know the the local chain restaurant, Humpty's? <laughs> Lee? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a video game for PC on a floppy disk back in the day. Okay. And I played the shit out of it, right? Not only okay. did it have platforms. Humpty's is a potato man? Yes, I think so. Uh, he's got like a hat and like yeah. lederhosen? Yeah, and he had a brother in a blue hat. Uh, they had a platforming game and there were sections that were in first person that you'd have to go through a maze and collect like keys and shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That was a fucking video game that existed. Oh, no, he's he's wearing, like, a bow tie. Hold on. I haven't seen Humpties in a long time. I remember him wearing lederhosen, but he's just wearing a baseball cap and some overalls. Yeah, that's uh, right. He's, a, he's like, a, a, got a wry smile, no teeth, and he's a potato man. He's got a potato family. Scramble Kids? Is that what you're talking about? No, I... I it was the... It was... There's a restaurant in Oak Bluff called Humpty's, and they had a fucking... Yeah, I know. You're saying this video game exists. I'm trying to find... Uh... Yeah, I like I, I would not be able to tell you what it was called, but it fucking existed, and I played the shit out of it. Was there a purple wizard? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Level 1, the forest part 1? Yes. What game is this? <laughs> tell me. <laughs> uh, it's it's the one I said, Humpty Scramble, episode 1. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, he's Humpty. He's a he's a potato. <laughs> I need your little buddy for some cooking experiments. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, this fucking game, dude. It was awesome. Sick. Uh, really sick. Humpty's like like. So wait, no, he's not a potato, dude. He's he's Humpty Dumpty. He's yeah, the he egg, egg that sat on the yeah. wall. Is he an egg? Yeah, he's an egg. Yeah, we, we solved the mystery. With a, yeah. Solve the mystery. Anyway, speaking of solving the mystery, uh, uh, Marvel's Avengers gets Spider-Man. Holy shit, for real? Yes, and the Claw Raid, including a new boss in in Claw, uh, uh, on November 30th, supposedly. Like, for real this time? For real, for real? Spider-Man's actually November coming. 30th, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 players will get, the, uh, will get that DLC Spider-Man. Uh, they don't show a picture of him anywhere. Like, do they show off gameplay of him? I, I don't see anything. <laughs> like, did they confirm his voice actor? Did they, like, is it, no. is, is it the guy from the PS4 he's game? He's coming. He's, they're downplaying it because he is, is not available be, on Xbox. Is this going to be like when WCW's like, we have the warrior and it was actually the renegade? Oh, yeah, it comes out, it's just Kane instead of Spider-Man. Or it's Kane the wrestler instead of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. They, uh, it's just on the on the thing, and it's a new hero event, Spider-Man, PlayStation only. And there's no pictures of Spider-Man, uh, so J. Jonah Jameson's gonna be fucking pissed. There's no pictures of Spider-Man, there's no anything. And uh, they must be downplaying it, because uh, Avengers is on Game Pass right now, but Spider-Man will not be... Uh, this is all very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> uh, but that's also part and parcel for that game. 
uh, with the way they announce it and the way they they operate that game. Reed, did you check out the 19 minutes of jaw dropping Elden Ring gameplay? Oh fuck yeah, I did. I was basically. Uh, what did you? What did your elf eye see? Oh, uh, everything I fucking want out of uh, what I feel is the next progression, natural progression of the Soul series. It feels like it takes a lot. It clearly is like a Souls game, like a Dark Souls. Um, just not only because of the fact that you're using swords and shields, but just due to the general aesthetic. Um, there's some other hints too that it takes place in the gen- in the same universe because uh, you refer to as Wanderer from Beyond the Fog. Well, uh, everybody knows that the foggy place. I it could be connected to Demon Souls even because that's the land of fog. Anyway. Um, the actual gameplay, though, looks absolutely astonishing. It does absolutely take some cues from Sekiro um, and Bloodborne and stuff like that. But uh, it's big, beautiful open world, very akin to Breath of the Wild in the sense that you place down your own beacons. Um, there's, not a, there's not a standard regular compass or anything like that. You can make your own markers down marking where there's like difficult enemies, etc., um, just like going around and finding like hidden doors under canyons and riding your horse to take on giant dragons and fucking hopping up there. It all looks so spectacular. The combat looks, uh, nice and like, a like I said, a nice progression of Dark Souls. There's options now to do a stealthy approach where you can sneak around and crouch. Yeah, jumping attacks and shit? Yeah, you can do jump attacks now. Weapons will have like kind of like a powered mode that you can get off sometimes. Um, but like the general feel of it is still very much the same. Uh, the four different ways you can go, the, um, the roll, all that good stuff. Uh, so I'm look, absolutely looking forward to it. They showed off a boss fight too, which looks absolutely insane. So the game absolutely is going to be difficult once again. Uh, you just know that it is. Uh, general things, too. You can find NPCs. There's tons of dungeons that act like classic Souls levels, if that's what you enjoy from Souls games, which is great. But they just added in all that exploration. I think the key here is is just to make sure that they're adding in stuff in between all those areas uh, to make the exploration um, mean something and do something for you. Uh, sure. I think I think Breath of the Wild does a pretty decent job of that. I think uh, a game like Witcher Three they can take notes from in regards to always having something popping up to take your interest. Um, but in general, I'm just very interested to see uh, like a take a, an open world take on the Souls universe because um, the implications like the the openness the openness to how you approach things because even Dark Souls brought one for how open it is. There is certain orders in which you must do things and bosses you must face this implies that we might be able to tackle things in a much more open sense not only in in the progress of the story that we do but there's options to do a stealthy approach into dungeons you can sneak in through windows that they showed off and a bunch of other cool stuff so it's it's this probably is going to be the friendliest entry into the series as far as um I don't want to say casual players go, but like, if you're if you want to get someone slowly into the game, it's probably good to do it on an open world game right. because they can go do it what they want at their own pace, and there's not a whole lot of pressure. Whereas in Dark Souls One, it's like no, unless you beat this asylum demon, you're not fucking going anywhere, and you're not doing fucking anything. Fair. It's it's you know Breath of the Wild learned from Skyrim. And then this game is, like, on the other side of that telephone line. And it's just like, okay, this is the first time FromSoftware is doing 
a game that's open like this and the obviously the direct comparison to how the game would be paced would be breath of the wild and kind of make set, choose a direction and walk right uh but but in terms of a narrative in terms of like that kind of stuff that the souls games like you said uh kind of do uh funnel you into certain boss fights or certain areas at certain parts of the game with the illusion that it's open and that you can loop back around and that at the end of the game uh, it's all connected uh, obviously, Skyrim is that is you can just ditch the main story, go do the uh, this guild, do go do that guild, and it's neat to see uh, games taking all those lessons. It's very cu- curious to see what will will come next. Uh, like breath, all eyes on Breath of the Wild too, right? It's just like you kind of you didn't reinvent the wheel, but by God, did you come close? Uh, so what what game is going to take the like Horizon? Isn't it Horizon's just going to be more Horizon? Yeah, Elden Ring. I mean, if it's if it's got that Breath of the Wild pacing, but with the gameplay uh, depth of a, a Souls game, that could be something really special. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Oh yeah, it's it's my most anticipated game easily. Absolutely. Other than, uh, of course, the Spider-Man update for Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had some problems uh, transferring that that podcast last week, so I'm inclined to let us uh, just cut it off here after one more story. Uh, that Blizzard has delayed, delayed, delayed Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. Uh, they might very well be 2023 games. Oh my I don't God. know what the hell is happening with Overwatch 2. Uh, but yes. Uh, yeah, you know. like how difficult can Overwatch 2 be? Because it's not like how much better can those kind of graphics really get realistically? I, I don't know if that's the focus. Uh, like, oh, there was a time when Overwatch was damn near the most popular game going. Oh, no, going. I'm, not, I'm uh, not disputing that. I'm just saying, like... A lot of these characters are staying the same. Like, it doesn't take that much to flip them, surely, right? Um, well, that was the the question, was why would you do an Overwatch 2? Why wouldn't you just keep tweaking that first game, just add on top of it? And then they, they're they shaking up some major things here uh, in the in the sequel uh, in terms of how the, the game flow works and whatnot. So, and then Diablo 4 is just like, it's gonna... They gotta fix Diablo 2 fucking Resurrected first, too, right? So, uh... Yeah, however yeah, that works. Bl- Blizzard's in rough, in rough shape, buddy. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Reed, thank you for joining me here on the uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, many games to play. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a bite out of this Guardians of the Galaxy game. I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, you got some Resident Evil lined up for the rest of the day. What you what you doing? Uh, I got to finish off the Resident Evil 4 for my stream on YouTube before Shin Megami Tensei 5 comes out next week. Oh, yeah, this Friday. Yep. That'll be, uh, we'll be hearing about that next podcast, I'm sure. So, yep. uh, at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. LeeAtisiceiceberg.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics, if it's cool or interesting or whatever. We might fit it into the show. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, thank you for signing up. Look for that Mass Effect uh, compilation episode coming up this week. and 7 week, as I like to call it. And uh, N7 plus three days, yeah. Uh, for myself, Lee, and for Reed, that's the show. As I said, thanks for signing up. We'll talk to you again next week.